You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Well, folks, I am so excited to be talking to you again. We have an amazing program lined up for you all this week. I am just going to take a few minutes to explain some things that are at hand. Number one, we are very excited to finally release Realms and Dimensions Unsealed at the Bride Ministries Institute. It is now available for your viewing pleasure. I will remind you, for those of you that are really excited, are like, oh, I want to learn about realms and dimensions. This is going to be such a cool class. Well, it is a really cool class, but it's not for everybody. It's very, very high level. And, and the truth is, I do not take time to explain a lot of my terms. I don't define my language. I just pick up where the other courses leave off, and then build from there. So if you are unfamiliar with some of the things that have been taught in our other courses, particularly the level three courses at the Bride Ministries Institute, I would highly recommend taking those first and then diving headfirst into our realms and dimensions unsealed. Because uh, I'll tell you what, Sometimes in order to go higher, we have to lean on a foundation that is sure and that has been established. And, and, and if we keep on having to lay the foundation over and over again, we never get past the foundation. So that's one of the cool things about this institute. We get to go higher and we get to go further and, and, and into more exploratory type of teaching. But, well, the... the, the, the Logic is, for those that are going to go there, please take the path. So this will complete my first uh, goal regarding the Institute, which has been to put up these 10 courses that you will now find there. And you can always link to our Institute from our website at BrideMinistriesInternational.com just by clicking the Institute tab at the top, or you can go straight to BrideMinistriesInstitute.com. Now, uh, Moving forward from here, what's coming next is I am beginning to articulate the uh, DID Coach Mentorship Program. And there's going to be several areas of that program that get covered, uh, um, but, but my goal is to reproduce my ministry style into other people. We have worked out a lot of the kinks and a uh arrived at an approach that is extremely effective at getting people the help that they deserve. And so, because I can't possibly help everyone that wants my help, I, I mean, it's just impossible. I, I keep getting more and more emails, folks reaching out. My heart is going out to people like, I want to help you, I want to help you, I want to help you, and I want to help you. Uh, I, I realize that it is time to begin reproducing this this ministry approach and style into other people. Some of you are going to be very excited about this. I actually already got some emails from some of you from last week's podcast saying, hey, uh, uh, keep me in mind. Yes, I will keep you in mind. Um, but, you know, the first thing I have to do is outline the mentorship program itself. I am in the process right now of putting together uh, fictional case studies that you know, will help me to illustrate certain things and build 
in certain intuition. Um, I'm also articulating a, 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 a basically an exclusive course for understanding survivors, survivorship and survivor related issues. I, I'm, I'm also putting together some things on, on ethics uh, based on the uh, code of ethics we recently added to our platform, uh, which was drafted by Ruthie Andrews. So God bless you, Ruthie. And uh, this is really helping us to define the parameters by which we are releasing ministry to protect the folks that are getting the help. And so uh, we're really excited about all of these things that, that are coming to the table. And of course, it's going to be live demonstration and all of that. So um, that is coming. That is coming to this platform. I am working on Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth, Volume 2. I spent the weekend laying it out. My honest opinion is that I should have the draft finished by the end of May. So, folks, those of you that are looking forward to beefing up your prayer arsenal even more, uh, late summer, early fall, we should have a release on Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth, Volume 2. Pray for me. Last thing... For today, at least, there is going to be an event in Oklahoma City. It is the 11th Annual Holy Convocation for Embassy International Fellowship. And I've been invited by them to, well, <laughs> teach on inner healing and deliverance and the tools and techniques and strategies that we've learned so that uh, many of uh, the folks that are you know, associated with Embassy International Fellowship can begin to apply some of the resources that, that, that we have. Uh, I'm very excited about this. I, I'm, I'm very excited. I had the privilege of speaking at Bishop Anthony B. Johnson's church uh, a couple years ago, and that was just an inc incredible experience for me. I had such a good time, and God really moved. And so I'm really looking forward to this conference in Oklahoma City, and it's going to be occurring May 29th through June 2nd. Now, I'm not going to be speaking every day of the conference. There's going to be a whole host of speakers. And so uh, it's going to be at 900 North May Avenue, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73107. If you're interested in this conference but have some questions, you can reach out at 405-208-4408. There isn't a website to reference for this uh, that, that I could send you to, but on my Facebook page, I have shared the the uh, uh, the flyer, and we're also going to put some information about it at our website at brideministriesinternational.com uh, at the bottom of the homepage. There is, um, you know, there, a need for hotel if you're going to be staying more than one day, and they have some that they recommend, and, and, and we'll make sure that that information is on our website, but it, it, it's also going to be on the flyer at my Facebook page for those of you that are on it. So look for that. I'm going to be sharing on Thursday and Friday. They have me doing workshops in the morning from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and so we're very excited about this, and, and I think it's going to be an amazing conference. And so for those of you that can make it and maybe live in the Oklahoma area, North Texas, you know, it's not too far, come out, check it out, hang out. I'd love to shake your hand. With that said, we're going to get to the program. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall.
Welcome to another episode of Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. I'm very excited to have you here. This week, I am bringing back a guest that I introduced to you a few weeks ago who is a survivor and who has some incredible things to say. And so, uh, Alex, welcome back to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for inviting me again. Well, you did a great job the first time you were on. I mean, your story is so fascinating for so many reasons. And I mean, you really kind of hit a climax at the end of our last program, which, which it, folks, if you didn't hear part one, find it. It's on our website. It's on YouTube. It's on Blog Talk Radio. It's on Stitcher. It's on Spreaker. It's everywhere <laughs> but find it because you know what we're going to be doing in this episode is picking up where we left off and telling the rest of the story now here's the truth folks okay uh we love testimonies about come to jesus moments where we come to jesus we find salvation we Find the healer, the creator of the universe, the door, the one who died for our sins and change. But then there's the day after. And as most of you know, uh, your day after or week after or month after may have included some sprained ankles, some scraped knees, and possibly some near-death experiences, putting it lightly. Right, because we all know that just like those love stories where you watch the end of the movie and it's like, and they lived happily ever after, it's like, well, that's not true. <laughs> they probably had to go to counseling. <laughs> We're talking real life, right? And so we, we, we know that there's a romance around that, that salvation moment and Alex left us off at the romance. It's like, yes, Jesus. And then it was the day after. So, Alex, you know, I, I just kind of uh, am launching right here. When you turned to Jesus and you had your incredible encounter in, your, in our last podcast, which you talked about, you know, that, that was really, really amazing. But now I want you to begin walking us through the rest of the story and what happened subsequent to that. Okay, then. So right after I got saved, um, and I got sealed with the Holy Spirit. And um, um, I call on the guy. He comes and, and I, he looks at my forehead and he says, okay, yeah, you, praise the Lord. You got sealed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, he said, the fight is over. Um, you don't have to worry about it. Jesus is going to take care of it from now on. Um, I didn't know how to take it because I never had a relationship with Jesus. So I, was, I didn't know what to expect, but it was coming. and. Um, he goes, I said, okay. He said, lay down, take it easy. Don't, don't, don't be afraid anymore. You're going to be okay. I laid down and, uh, but I noticed that something, it was, it was different in my body. I was split. Like one side of my body, it was, I can say it like this. It was one size and the other side of my body, it was bigger than this side. One side of my body was angry at the other side of my body and i did not know what was going on so this guy comes i call edgar again freaking out he comes in and then he says you need to forgive yourself 
He said, there's so many parts of you. Him not even knowing, I think, I think it was more like the Holy Spirit trying to talk to me through him. He was like, you need to come at peace with yourself, forgive yourself for all, every, all the things that you have done, not that the Father has forgiven you, and now come on his rest. I didn't know fully what that meant. And then I said, okay. So I started, he left and he left, left me alone. And then I started talking to myself and, 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 you know, it's, I'm sorry, you know, and, and asking to forgive myself. And I came back to, to a kind of, but not still completely normal state. So I go and I lay down on the bed and I went in like a standby mode because like my body, I was awake. And for my body, I was not able to move. I was just on the bed, I guess, resting. And uh, for the first time, God had access to my body. Wow. Like, I started seeing chains and chains of demons coming out of my gut. And I could see them pulling, pulling. Some of them were not. But some of them were. And there was, I just, it was just chains and chains. And then it stopped. And then when it stopped, I heard angels coming, angels of God. And then I don't think they knew that I was able to hear them, but then they started looking under the hood. And I felt how this is very cool because the human spirit, it has so many elements and components that it unfolds. Like it just opens and, and a lot of things are out to come and to, and to see. And then I felt how they like opened the hood and they started seeing. And I, I heard two voices, like there were two. And they were like, whoa, they, this is kind of what they were saying. They, said, he's, they were saying, whoa, they made a lot of damage inside of this guy. And then they said, they said, but you know what? He was a human. He was not born like this like that he's they they were saying they he they actually made him this way he and then he started looking deeper and deeper and deeper and they started to get more and more surprised and then they were saying whoa this is why they were wanting him and then one of them said god made him specifically for him this was his possession from the beginning but they tried to take him so he will never come to know who his father was. And, and, and then they kept on talking and talking and kind of rearranging some things, but I feel like they didn't, they did not have completely access to me. Um, but the work began and they mm. started to, they started to, to do some things, some other things, obviously they, they didn't come out right away or whatever, which I didn't know completely how that was working then because so many things that I heard from preachers th through my years and, and Christians and people, I thought, well, you get saved and you're done, you're good, you know, now you walk in liberty and da 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 da, da. There's nothing to worry about. You're good to go. But then, no, uh, um, what I was living, it was completely different. Now, at the time, I didn't know there were angels. I couldn't do anything really because, like I said, I was a standby, so I didn't know. I couldn't move or, you know, reply. But I was just going with, you know, just following going with the flow and then okay so they go ahead now at this time because we're picking up where we left off mm -hmm. you are coming off of a high yes well i was already 
I was already in bed for like three or four days already because they give you like five days grace period. So I was already in that bed for a good three or four days and then I got saved. You know what I mean? Like I was screaming and seeing all these things coming for me and then I got saved. So Mm -hmm. I was already on that bed for a while now, for probably four days or three. And then, so yeah, this happens. And then, uh, then, yeah, I started seeing all this and feeling all this. Then I finally get out of this room because I was there for a while. Uh, so I, I took a shower. I was, I was very scared, though. I was very scared for all everything that was happening in the aftermath. And, and, and I didn't know what to expect. It was a new beginning for me. And uh, my, my heart, though, it, it changed from that stone to, to, a, to, to something more sensitive and, 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 you know, and receptive to other people's feelings and stuff. So <clears throat> I come out of the room. There's all more people in this rescue home slash um, rehab. And, but not very many. And then I come, I, I, I come out and this guy, the Edgar, he, he comes to me and he is like, well, you look very good. And then he looks at my forehead and then he says, wow, you really are filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to tell you something to do. He said, go over there and pray to God to give you a spiritual vision. Mm. And I said, okay. So I go in and I, I went on my knees and then I, I, I pray to God for a spiritual vision, spiritual eyes. I told him, I want to see with your eyes, please let, let me see the way you see things in the spirit. And he gave them to me. So I come out and he looks at me and he says, yeah, he gave them to you. Okay. Praise the Lord. And then after that, I started to engage for the first time with my new spiritual eyes and in the kingdom of God. Then I started to experience and, and seeing some things that I've actually never seen before. And, and there were like banners in the spirit and, and, and angels will move them around. They will put them in front of, uh, of, of their people, like of God's sons. And then, and, and I started to see all things. It was fascinating. So I started to play with it for a little bit. And then uh, I noticed that there was this guy in the home that was moving his eyes side to side. And I was like, okay, what is he doing? And then he started moving his eyes side to side. So what he was doing, he was reading in the spirit. Now, some of these banners comes out. This is what I was looking at. Some of these banners comes out of people's brains. Hmm. And they come in form of thought. So this guy was able to see the banners going in front of him and flying around. And he was reading the people's minds, people's thoughts and thinks. You know what I mean? So he was able to read like that. But I it's he, so he, fascinating. He he didn't know maybe he didn't know at the beginning that I was able to, but then I, I was trying for him not to read me. And I thought, well, I'm in the kingdom of God. He's not gonna be able to. No, he was able to. So he was he was reading me, which I didn't know completely how, how that worked. I was like, okay, I'm covered by the blood. I'm I mean, I'm a new creation. Why am I still people still able to read me? Uh so he was able to read me, and then uh, I remember people just getting angry for the thoughts that I was having. Some of them were uncontrollable because all of the parts that they were inside of me were screaming or kicking, and some demons and stuff like that were cursing. So it was it was very traumatic to know that I was living in the same house as someone that it was reading my thoughts pretty much twenty four seven, and I had no control over it for him to stop, and I didn't know how. So. I didn't know how to put on my armor of God. I didn't know how to pray defensive of offensive prayers. Nothing. 
So here's this guy reading me all the time and the people reading me all the time, trying to do deliverance and they put me to fasting. So that was like my first experience fasting. And uh, I started to experience the power of God through fasting. And actually some things got broken through those fastings while, my, uh, while I was staying there. I only stayed there for two months. Um, <clears throat> then people started to notice that I, that I needed professional help. Like I needed to see a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Because the DID started to kick in really strong, Dan. Mm-hmm. I couldn't able to focus. There were so many behaviors and and changing and, and and just very weird. So people was looking at me from afar, and and finally Edgar came to me and he was like, "Son, after you get out of here, please just you need to go and see someone to help you because you have a lot of mental issues." He said. Uh, because of the drugs or your experience, he said, there's a lot of things going on with you and you are not okay. But then there, that's when I started to fall in love with Jesus because it was like boot camp, you know, in Christ right there. Because in the morning we would pray for an hour and then in the afternoon for another hour and then fasting, praying, fasting, praying, fasting, praying, reading, reading, Bible study, reading, Bible study. So that was like, yeah, I started to fall in love with God. And then I read somewhere in the Bible, for the first time that he said about the renewal of the mind mm-hmm. and i said so the guy was telling me hey you need to go seek for professional help and i'm like okay i just got out of drugs and so if i go they're just gonna give me more drugs that ain't gonna cut it homie you know come on <laughs> <laughs> folks I, I just need to stop alex right here you know this is one of the reasons why we exist because the whole system is messed up. First of all, the idea that you can heal a psychological issue with a drug just because it's a legal drug with a proper name that gets sold on commercials does not mean it's God's solution for a mental problem. But that seems to miss certain minds and uh, thought processes. So you have people getting off of drugs, going to the world solution and getting back on drugs, maybe just with a prescription. All the while, the problems are still there. And the church, unfortunately, has been a little short-sighted because when people show up at some churches, what happens is when their problems supersede the tools that that particular group is working with, they'll send them to the psychiatrist and then they'll go back on the drugs. And, you know, I believe that God is just saying, you know, we're going we're gonna to move past this. We're actually going to connect people with the help that they need because I'm sorry. Thank you, Alex, for saying it. Just because you get saved and even baptized in water and do some fasting does not mean that all the problems, poof, just disappear. It's not that simple. Please continue. Mm-hmm. Yes, Dan. So, after, so he's, the people started to tell me that I needed to do that. And then I started to know the Holy Spirit more. And it was very cool because uh, the first time that I actually like saw him in action, it was, I had a problem in my teeth. And then um, this dentist comes into the home and they're not allowed to give you any type of medication or anything for pain or nothing like that. So he comes and he has to make an instruction. So he takes one of them out 
and I'm in a lot of pain, man. And uh, I, I started like to like be like, oh, what's happening? You know, like, why do I feel all this pain? I don't know. And then the Holy Spirit all of a sudden, he's like, hey, calm down. And all of a sudden, like, then this power just comes out. And then like, he was allowing me to see what he was going to do. Whoa. Reaches down inside of my mouth and then tweaks it. And the pain is gone. I felt the pressure, but the sharp pain was gone. And I just went like, are you really doing this for me you know what i mean and then i he went back in into my body and then i said well that was pretty cool you know and then so i started to like really like fascinate it started to fascinate me how god it was working in my body you know and the things that he was doing um and then a little bit after that not like not a lot longer i started to crave a lot of drugs and and then i think that was one of the times that i had like my big boy prayer you know and I said, I went, I went, I started to crave, man, and just feeling this anxiety to, to, to go and get the drugs. And, and I, I said, I, I told God, I was like, hey, Father, you know, I'm feeling this craving for drugs. And to be honest, I'm not going to be able to follow you if this is still in me. So please, Lord, because I want to follow you and I know you want me to follow you, take this away from me. As soon as I finished that sentence, that craving was gone, completely gone. So I was like, yes. So I started to feel more, a little bit more confident, you know, than not relapsing uh, or, or doing it, you know, as soon as I get out, I'm going to go run to the drugs because that, that's what I heard from my friends going to, to rehab. Okay, you go there and then you come out, but then they run back to the drugs because that's still in there, you know? So then that got to care of that. But then I, I started to to notice a lot of activity during nighttime uh, and a lot of spirits will come and they were like standing right on, on my headboard and then they were actually making noises, but they were trying to come back into my body, but they were not being able to, and they would just stand there all night. So that was, I, I was scared. I was like, are they going to be able to, are they not going to be able to, you know Question. what I mean? Go ahead. Uh, and, and you talked about how you were heavily spiritually harassed as a kid, entities walking around and doing all kinds of nonsense as well. Now, as an adult, when you were experienced this, when they're standing by your bed, uh, were you seeing them with your physical eyes into the Yeah, spirit? it looked yes. like a transformer, <laughs> like a Decepticon or something like that. And he was standing right there and he wouldn't move and he would do weird motions whatever but then some of them were like on the back of me and i didn't really see them but i saw one and i don't know if it was the same one but uh they were make these noises and i knew that they were there and and, and i it would put fear in me i, I would freak out i was like no please not again you know what i mean like don't uh, no and um i remember warlocks and, and witches coming during the night and they will mess with my body. I couldn't understand why they were still having access, not in me really, but which they kind of did. And I will go later on the, on the story, but they were like still able to touch me and do things, you know what I mean? And checking on me and stuff like that. And, and they were very curious about my transformation and what was happening. And, and they didn't know, you know, some of them were like, is he really for real or he's not? 
but they they could see things changing, you know. Um, but they were always always around me. Um, so then after that, I uh, I finally go out to the to the rehab place, and and I just I was really hung, hungry for God. I had this hunger and thirst, and and I I was going to two services, two different churches, trying to get involved, everything I could do, you know on fire for the Lord and, and just go in places, whatever, you know, and there was some preacher going on over there and I would just go and just, you know, I was, I was still in Texas. And then um, my mommy was still alive and uh, she was still fighting cancer, leukemia. And I was planning to stay in Texas. And then one of my aunts was going to come where I'm at, where I am now to, to visit my mom. And I said, okay, then I'll go with you. Uh, now I have my kids here. I had my kids here. So I go over there and I visit my mom and see my kids and I come right back, you know, and stay there for a week, whatever. So that, that was not the, that was not what happened. I, I come here, I see my mom, you know, and, and she looked a lot better and I see my kids and they really missed me for all this time that I was gone. And then I could, I couldn't leave them again, you know? So I decided to stay here. So I stay here. <clears throat> Same thing. I, I found a local, local church and I started going to the church and, you know, praying. And, and, and I really, really take, took very serious fasting because I saw major breakthrough, you know, like, yes. and, and I could see on, the, on that time, Dan, uh, while I was doing, probably out of the, of the month, I was fasting two or three weeks. Um, and I had like a week of resting or eating and then go back to, and some of them were partial. Is that how you say it? Yes. I will, yeah, and then I would just have my dinner or whatever, but it was always some type of mixture or whatever. And then uh, I would remember, like, I would be working, and I would, I would be at the hospital with my mom, and, 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 and I would be even reading or worshiping, fasting, and doing all these combinations. I knew that I needed help. My mind was not okay. I could hear it. I could feel it. Uh, it was usually the right side of my, of my brain, the one that it was really messed up. And, and, and it would come up with cursing God and saying all these crazy things. So it was very tormenting at the time as well. And then I'll be doing whatever, engaging in my everyday uh, life, trying to because I was still not able to be on a very, like at the mall or stuff like that, because I will be panicking and paranoid, thinking that everybody was reading me and this and that, which that was not very far from reality uh, at the moment, at the time. And, um, so I knew, they knew, we knew. <laughs> so I tried to stay indoors for, for the, the most that I, I was able to, other than to work and stuff like that. But I was still having a really hard time. And a lot of visits, man. You know, I'd be working and I would see and feel them and after projecting. And, you know, it was just tiring. Um, so I, I would be doing that and, and I would feel parts of me coming into my body, bring. God, as I was doing all this, only God knows how much of myself it was scattered through the universe that on this process, parts of me was being placed back into my body and I could feel it, like a part of my brain. And I could feel my brain getting adjusted and wow. even thinking better, seeing better, speaking better. My speech, it was destroyed. Mm. Um, 
my my muscles my 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 abilities as a human being and probably like uh, <clears throat> i don't know all kinds of things so i was walking and i could feel parts just coming in back into my body the fight it was going on now now putting a lot of pressure in the spirit realm for the angels to to fight i really didn't know fully how to do it but god he was doing it for me by his grace and love and uh, so I would just thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Because I knew what, it, what was happening. And boom, another part. And put another, another part in, and hitting me and hitting me. So that was a pretty cool experience to feel all of that. You know, that healing just happening on and on and on. And then uh, <clears throat> my mom all of a sudden started getting really sick then. Um, and uh, it seems like it, it, it happens in kind of like in a lot of cases. Uh, she gets out of this chemotherapy and uh, they were like, oh, it's in remission. I think that's the word that they used. Um, <clears throat> there's no cancer right now going on and it stopped and you're going to be good and this and that. So we got happy. And then like a month later, it comes back again and it was stronger. <sighs> so she, uh, she started to decay, like to, to be really, really sick now at this point. And a lot of fam, a lot of family from 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 a lot of places is starting to come to visit, uh, to see because she was just really bad, and not doing very well. And um, they started to. I was staying at my mom's house at the time, so they started to stay at our house, and then um, I had to give my room to 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 visitors. Now, uh, this is a problem that I had at the beginning because I didn't have anyone to disciple me. Mm. or to tell me how to do things and the church that i was going to dan they really didn't know what i was talking about you know what i mean wait, like, wait, wait. no 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 so you told them that there was a transformer standing <clears> over your <throat> bed you told them that you had parts of your brain coming back to you from god knows where in the universe and they didn't understand you well I, i'm very confused by this hold yes, on yes, yes. i am so <laughs> Really? <laughs> like, no, Dan. I don't know why. <laughs> it's an everyday thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know uh, something? Um, yeah, okay. I, 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 I just have to say this, you know, because I found this to be slightly humorous. I, I was talking with a person I, I greatly respect. And they were, you know, giving me some advice. And they were saying, you know, Daniel, as you prepare to engage with the greater body of Christ. You, you're going to have to define your terms and watch your language because there are certain things that you just people are going to choke on. And I was like, well, give me an example. He's like, when, when you talk about other planets and people being trapped on other planets, that, that's going to lose some people. And I'm thinking... <laughs> <in my> mind, <laughs> Sorry. How many ways are there to explain to people that they have their parts on other planets? So I started debating in my head, like, what else could I use? Large round spheres that float in the cosmos? Yes. <laughs> but, you know, the, the whole point is the body of Christ is really struggling here, right? We, we're not ready for this level of understanding or choking. But, but folks, let me just say this, you know. There are people that need our help. Thank you, Alex, for explaining <laughs> this to us. So, all right. So, so, so they didn't understand you. I get it. So what, what was going What happened? Yeah. So I started to talk to them about, they were very, 
like pushing me like every time i try to talk to her about my testimony and stuff like that as well they were like no no no, no let's change the subject so i was like okay i need i need some answers you know like i just I, I just got born again and i'm struggling with all this and i hear some preachers just saying that you get safe and, and, and everything just falls and, and you, i mean like falls apart like down all the that the enemy was trying to do there's no demon possession anymore there's nothing I mean, the enemy has no access in you anymore. I mean, so I try to believe and live by that and really make a normal, whatever quotation, life based on what they were saying, but it was not just working for me. And I didn't know where to go. And I really felt alone. And then I started struggling with loneliness on top of my mom being um, dying in the hospital. Mm -hmm. A bunch of family comes back and uh from from different places and uh, now that i have them all living in my mom's house and uh i didn't know really what to do what to say so <clears throat> there was one time that i was i was not getting enough work and i kind of started i i started not kind of i started my own business with uh, another brother of this church and we were doing construction and uh we, we started to do that because I started from scratch, you know, I didn't know what to do. So uh, I lost my other job, my profession and everything. So I was like, okay, I need something. So I started doing construction with them and we got off work. And then this is a big mistake that I made. Like I learned basically, like I've made a lot of dumb mistakes, but God walked me through all of them. But this is one kind of the beginning of them. <clears throat> I stopped after work. There was a guy that it was really good friend. I was really good friends with him. And he's the one that did my tattoos or most of them, most of them while I, while I was in the world. Well, before I went through my fall, I once, cause we used to hang out a lot. I, I asked him, that was, that was several years ago. I was like, Hey, what's up? And I knew that he was on this. So I was like, Hey, I want to be part of it. And then he looks at me, and then he said, you don't have what it takes to be part of this. And then I said, well, I want to be part of it. Um, so I knew that he was in the occult and the secret society. And uh, so I asked him, right? And then, so now I'm saved and all of these. And I started thinking about him, right? I was like, I wonder how he's doing. Um, so after work, I stopped by his house. He opens the door and he looks like dead. And he has a pig living inside of his house, like a miniature pig. And he flipped the house upside down. And then he looks and then he, I said, hey, how you doing? And then he says, I'm not doing okay. My wife left me and this and that. So I was like, he, I was like can I come in? And I had my business partner on the truck with me. <clears throat> and I said, give me a minute. I'll be right back. And he said, yeah, come in. So he, he goes in, man. I go in and I, we both go inside and then. He sits on his little desk and he pulls us, uh, pulls out some uh, heroin and he fixes himself right in front of me. And I was just like, my heart, it was broken, man. Cause I was seeing this guy doing this in front of me. And then I was like, man, this is, this is, I, I mean, I was reliving, you know, pretty much my life right before my eyes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, he's trapped. He needs help. Right. And like a good Christian, I need to help him. So I took the task on helping him. So I talked to him for, 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 a, for a little bit and then I go back out and I came back to his house not long ago. And uh, 
he was now he was doing a different drug. He was smoking crack. Never done it in my life. Uh, well, at, at that point, uh, you know, so I wanted to help him, man. And I went over there and I was starting to talk to him about Jesus, you know, and I wanted him to see um, how things were going for me. So I tried to, to be there as much as possible, but I see that he was sinking deep and deep and deep. So right now at this place in my life, what I wanted to do, it was to show the work that God was doing in me. And I had another smart idea, which was to go visit my ex-witch girlfriend. Because <laughs> I, want, I wanted her too as well. I want to be I want to talk to her about Jesus, homie. So I didn't know how to do these things, you know? And I had no one to teach me. So I go over there. I'm so in love with God, man, and, and passionate about him. And, and I still am, thank, him, thank God. And, you know, I've been working in this relationship as well. So I go with her, and she looks at me, and she said, wow, you are well? And I said, yeah, I, I became a Christian. And then she says, well, that's, that's great. Oh, you're driving a Mercedes? Hmm, what are you doing? And I said, nothing, I'm just working. And then, and then she said, well, you must be doing something to be driving a car like that. Come in. So I go in, her son is there and all of that. And we, we just started to talk and start talking, talking to her about Jesus, you know, and, and you know, I'm a new person, and this and that. She pulls out a pipe of Christmas right in front of me. And I'm like, I really didn't feel anything then. Like, oh, I want to know nothing like that. But then she starts smoking and, I, and she says, so you're, you're done with everything. I'm done with everything. Okay, that's good. That's cute. So I left. And then we kept in contact. And then like, so I was exposing myself then to the fire and not being smart about these things. So it was about the fourth day that I visited her. Um, she goes... She needs to get ready for work or something. And then she goes in the bathroom and she leaves her purse or whatever in the, in the bed, in the bed. And then she asked me, Hey, can you bring my purse? I have my pipe in there. Can you grab it? And this, and that. so I grabbed the pipe, I grabbed her lighter and I take, I took it to her. And then I said, and then she says, can you clean it for me? I remember you used to be very good at this. And I said, Okay. So I cleaned it. And in the process of cleaning it, I relapsed on crystal meth, man. So when I did that, it was like a, a door just, it, 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 like a bunch of these things were just standing outside of the door. And as soon as I did it, they just pushed the door and came after me. So furious. Oh. Man, they put my world upside down and she knew it. I knew it. I didn't know fully what it was happening. Cause you know, um, and then I stay with her for the rest of the day. And she looked at me and she said, why don't you just stay with me? And then, and I said, okay. And then uh, I went, it was about 12 o'clock at night. And then uh, we were just there. And then I was just laying down. Um, 
after I mess around with her. And then uh, a voice deep inside of me is starting to cry out to God. And then it was saying, you don't belong here. You're not from here. And then I was just, I was like, but I'm a failure. I, I am dumb, I'm stupid, and I'm dirty, and this is where I belong. And then I started to kind of talk to this voice, and then all of a sudden he played a song. It's from Casting Crowns, and I think it's called The Voice of Truth. And it wow. was played from the inside of me. <laughs> and then it was like the voice of truth, you know what I mean? And, and, and everything tells me a different story. And the voice of truth tells me, don't be afraid and all of this. So it just started to play, man. Mm. And then I'm like, I don't belong here. Like it clicked, you know, like I don't belong here. And I got up and then I said, I'm leaving. She said, you're not leaving. I said, yes, I'm leaving. She would be like, she was like, this is the, you're the only one and the last one, the last man that will leave me. She said, get out of here. And I said, oh yeah, I am. And I left. She said, don't never come back. I said, I'm not coming back. So I left and I went back to my mom's house and I went and locked, I locked myself in the room and I prayed for three hours then. I stay on my knees asking for forgiveness as all of these things was, were crawling up my back and they were touching me and poking me and in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. I cried so much. Finally, I went to bed. And when I went to bed, this massive cloud came to me and it was so colorful. And all this war, because it was so many voices and the horses of warfare and everything and, and all these spirits, demons, fallen angels and everything surrounding me and wanting to kill me. All of a sudden, these I gave up of the prayer, really. And I just laid on the bed. And as soon as I laid on the bed, this cloud just comes and wraps me around. Lifts, it lifts me up from the bed. And it went so deep, deeper than what I never felt before. And it felt so good. And then it, boom, left. All the kingdom of darkness, were, it was, they were amazed on, on seeing that happening. And then after that, it was very minimum what they were able to do. Uh, I did not know what it was until like the next day or the day after I called Edgar. He was in Texas and I told him what happened. And he said, there's a lot of places in the Bible where it talks about this cloud is the glory of God. Yeah. And I said, oh, he said, yeah, it came and visited you because you needed it at that time. He said, that's actually a pretty cool experience, Alex, but you need to stay away from that people, from those people. He said, you can't be doing that and exposing yourself like that. My heart was still, I said, okay, thank you. So my heart was still broken and, and, and not very solidified on who I was in Christ, that I was, I was still struggling a lot with depression at the time. So my mom is dying. And I finally was like, you know what? I'm not going to stay in my house. I'm going to go and stay with my friend that is struggling with drugs. Mm -hmm. I said, because I'm going to give my room to some people of my family. So I go over there. And I met this girl. And uh, she needed help as well. And Super Alex, here goes. And uh, so I started to grow feelings for these people. You know, uh, they're hurting and, and, and 
they need me. And there's this time that, that my friend picks up the pipe of crack and smoking right in front of me and turns right in front of me to my face and blows all of the smoke in my face. And out of that secondhand smoke, I got high. <sighs> and after that, I was like, give me some. And he says, it's going to hurt you. And I said, it's okay. I'm hurting already. Uh, so I got some. And that was my second time relapsing. Um, so at this point, I'm back on, on the lies of the enemy. I'm worthless and I'm believing these things and, and, and I, I deserve to be here. This is where I belong and this and that. I go to the hospital to see my mom. My mom is dying. Then I go back to this house to try to take away the pain and not letting Jesus come into my life and really take care of all the problems that are actually working in me, trying to do it on my own and trying to work it out by myself and still trying to self-medicate me and believing all the lies of the enemy. And then this witch comes that is friends with my friend and this particular time he had a, a lot of cocaine and, 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 and I said, well, you know what, I, I'm going to get some. So I went and got some, she comes in and uh, I, I was sitting on the couch and she walks in and she looks at me and she laughs kind of at me, you know, cause she knew where I was, who I was, you know, and she knew, she knew, she knows, she, she knew me. And then, she looks at my friend and then she says, huh, and we thought that he was an angel of God. And we come to find out that he is a fallen angel in reality. Ha <laughs> ha. And she starts laughing when she mm-hmm. finished saying that this, this attack comes, attacks come to my heart and literally tries to jank out the Holy Spirit. I felt it like in my heart coming, and then Holy Spirit was like, uh-uh, and boom, release this massive attack back. It throws it out, she freaks out. I stay, and then I'm like, I'm gone. I get up, and I start driving. So Holy Spirit shows up right there and controls the situation again. I leave. And I started crying a lot on my way back. I think I was going to the hospital. I don't know where I was going. And I didn't know, at this point, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't know, really, they were after me again. And I'm still falling and falling, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom finally dies. Mm-hmm. But the girl, the girl that it was there in the, at the home, at the house with my, with my friend, we were actually talking about getting a, uh, uh, an apartment together. And uh, I said, I really can't do any better than this, really. And so I'm going to stay with her. My mom is dying. She just died. Me, we and her, we were already researching for apartments. And then uh, she said that she loved me. So I'm like, okay, you know, I love you too. And uh, she's a heroin dealer. Now she's selling heroin and I'm like, okay, let's just, let's just get together. And it's just, you know what I mean? My mom dies. And then, so I'm even, even more depression. My cousin from Texas, the one that I spoke about, yeah, either he was providing me with the cocaine comes obviously because my mom dies and he's like, Hey Alex, you need to come with me again. And I said, 
Really? He said, yeah, you need, you need to leave this place for a minute. You need, you need to clear your head. I want you to concentrate on some other things and in yourself and your future and what you're going to do. He said, let's go. He couldn't understand what a, a born-again Christian was. So I see that manipulation of the enemy mm. and really walking in the, the enemy's plan still and not really breaking that cycle and, and, and that timeline they that he had for me, it was so far from what God had for me yes. over and over again, stumbling and stumbling. So I see people still managing my life and controlling my life and providing in my life with drugs and stuff. So I called the girl and I said, I'm moving out. She cries and I go back to Texas, man. I didn't look back. It was like two days after my mom died. I left my little ones again, abandoned. And they cried and they were missing me and stuff like that. But I was like, I need to do this. I need to stop this. So me running away from that again. And I run away over there and come to find out that there's more drugs. And now he's offering me a job. And now he wants this for me. And now he wants this for me. And he wants me to do this and he wants me to do that. So he kind of became my handler and he was handling me. And he was kind of like, cause he was my boss. He was, he, he was giving me money enough so I can send to my kids and survive and not really to save or do something with it. So I'm still man struggling with depression. Now I'm more depressed because I don't have my kids and I'm staying on this little condo on the back of his house by myself snoring a bunch of cocaine feeling like i'm stupid and i'm this and i'm that and i'm crap and i'm and just so low and finally man i couldn't do it anymore and i hit the ground on my knees and i i i i i asked god for forgiveness man and I finally sit down and I said, you're not forgiving me. I said, you're not going to forgive me. I know you're not. I, I reached my limit. I know you have nothing for me anymore. Uh, I, I have fell over and over and over again. I'm like, there's no more for me. I'm like, there's no more. As soon as I was saying that, he walks. I was in darkness. Mm. Like, before that, there was a witch flying above me and she dropped like a spell or something. I felt it just felt like I felt it in my body. And it, it hurts when they do that. When, when they sense something, you have no protection or nothing because you just fell in the sin. It burns. And then after that, you get so numb that you don't even feel it. But ah, it burns so much and I couldn't do anything. You know, what, what am I going to do? I have, I just, I just did whatever I was doing. So <clears throat> It's so thick, the darkness around me. And all of a sudden, this guy just walks in the room while I was sitting on the couch holding a pillow. The darkness runs away. And he makes his way. He walks slowly through the room and then kind of flies, comes back down. And then finally, just sits right next to me. And I looked at him. And I'm crying and I said, you came. And he didn't say anything. He was just looking at me. And then I said, I'm so glad you came. 
And I just hold my pillow and I fell asleep on the pillow with Jesus sitting right next to me. He didn't touch me. He didn't nothing. He was just there with me on my filthiness. Then I realized that all he wanted to do was just being there and for me to invite him in my mess. No matter what I'm going through, he wanted just to be there with me. And uh, at this time, I actually, every morning, even doing what I was doing, I was still fasting. I was still praying. Every morning, I was still praying really early, five o'clock in the morning, an hour of prayer and reading my Bible, even though I knew, I didn't know, and I knew how the day was going to go. I never let go of Jesus because he was holding on to me, homie. I was, you know, I was still trying to keep my relationship with, I loved him, man. No matter what I was doing, I was still, I was still in love with him. And then that was the last day. I think two days after that, I made a decision to, to leave Texas because I was going to stay there. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I came back. I came back to Oklahoma. And uh, finally, I was here, man. And then I went back to my friend's house. But now it was different. Now I was not doing the drugs. And then I fell back, but for a little bit. But then there was this, there was these people now. I'm, I'm trying to remember kind of how it played out. But there was these people in his house that it, one of them was another girl. And now I got really involved in church. Now I was active in church. I was like, you know what? I'm going to occupy my time just to be in church. And I started going to church and getting involved all of my time with, with the youth and these and that conferences and all of these. And then this girl comes to me and she said, Alex, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay. She said, Alex, I, I, I just know you. I just met you, but I, I, I want to talk to you about something. She said, um, did you know what's happening? And I said, what's happening? She said, well, I got some information through this guy that, that they're following you. And I said, oh, I know. She said, you're not worried? I said, no. I said, they've been following me, and they've been seeing me and reading me and doing all these things. I said, I know. It's because of, 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 of the things that I have done, you know, with them and stuff like that. And, I, and then she said, she started crying. She said, Alex, I love you, boy. She said, but you need to be careful. I said, look, I'm legit. I said, I'm not hiding behind Christianity. I'm not saying that I am a Christian just to get away. You know, I said, I am a Christian and I believe in Jesus. I said, I have nothing to worry about. If they want to kill me, they will kill me. But if Jesus doesn't allow it, they're not going to be able to. They would have done it by now. And she just cried, man. And, I, and then I said, just take care of yourself. And I said, all right. So I left, and then I knew, right, that now they were really, really after my tail, even on the physical. I have to just ask this question, okay? So for every targeted individual and everyone else that's been struggling with this, you know, you always get to the point where it's like, yeah, and they do this to me, and then the person says, who are they? Were you? (laughs) Who were they? I had a lot of ties with Illuminati, uh, Dan, a lot of them, mm. a lot of them. And the session that we just did not long ago, there was a lot of those things. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't very, that was wild, but All right. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, but, uh, yeah. Okay. So them, and, uh, I had a lot of ties with them. So they were after me. 
uh, Masons as well. That, man, I saw them everywhere, Dan. Uh, they were always, always surrounding me everywhere. And uh, so <clears throat> I find I was like, okay, whatever. So I, I got out of that. I started to like realize that that was not a good environment for me then. And then, then that it was just hurting me. My mom is gone. My kids need a better future. And, and I'm starting to bring my kids to church by myself. I'm still falling, falling, falling. And then getting up, getting up. Now she tells me and, give, and tells me about this, that this happened, this issue, you know. And I said, okay, it's okay, whatever. I'm feeling less fear for the first time. And, and I started to go out more because the, the, even though through all of these, the work that God it was doing, um, it, it was just, it, it was, it was paying off. And um, <clears throat> there was one, there was this last time then, there was this last time that, that, that I did math and, and it was with this girl that I liked that, when I came back from Texas, it was a girl that I was going to uh, get an apartment with her. Um, I came back again and uh, she started to pursue me. And uh, it was one day uh, that I was just very weak on the flesh. And I did it really like I put my guard down completely. It's, it's amazing how when somebody tells you that they love you, you put your guard down. You know what I mean? And uh, so I put my guard down and she started smoking meth. And then I, I asked her, okay, well, let me do it with you. Uh, and, and in the back of my mind, I was like, God is going to come through anyways. You know what I mean? I said, God is going to come through. Yeah, I know. That was oh. very dangerous for oh, me to man. think. Yeah. <laughs> Slick Rick. <laughs> my mind, I was like, yeah, yes. And it was. Uh, so in the back of my mind, it was that, man. And then uh, I did what I did. And then we went away for a minute. I think for a whole day, me and her went away. We did some things. And then my mom is gone. Nobody at my house, my mom's house anymore. My dad is there, but um, he works a lot and he's struggling with his own depression at the time. Um, and I go into my room after me being away, you know what I mean? And finally I said, I'm gonna talk to God. And guess what? God, he was not there. Not that he wasn't there, but he did not show up that the, like the other times. You know who showed up? Satan showed up this time. Mm. He showed up personally with everything he's got. And he, it was horrible, Dan. It was horrible because God allowed him to come so close to me so I will learn the lesson. And I cried and asked and cried out loud for God to come and he didn't, but I was seen in the spirit and this serpent was just around my room. And then finally came inside of me when I lay down and it was like a war. He grabbed my soul and he shook it so much. And I felt every feeling, man, that a human can feel from the kingdom of darkness inside of my body. I felt anxiety, depression, uh, suicidal. I felt 
everything that the enemy and that you can think of that the, the enemy feels right now as a fallen being was I was feeling it and, 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 and he will laugh and he will, Oh, you want money? You want this? And he will make me have visions and have these and hallucinations and everything which is going on. I didn't know how to stop it. I was crying to God so much. Please take it away. Come like you always have. And he was not coming, man. And he didn't do it. <laughs> he didn't come, but he didn't allow him to kill me. So he shook me very hard. And, um, uh, Finally, uh, I got kind of hurt. I said, God, you didn't show up. Uh, but I learned not to touch that drug again. And now I had a lot of more problems than what I, than what I had probably at the beginning. Um, because I allow this to start piling up on me again. And um, I was very sad still. And I worked a lot, Dan. Mm -hmm. This time, at this time, I was like, this is it. This is it. From now on, let's do this. I learned my lesson. This is bad. I can't be doing that and exposing myself like that with people and me trying to be their savior when Jesus is the only one that can save. So. So good. It was. Yeah. So. So good. I just want to I just want to highlight that comment there because, because you just made such a such a good point. And this is where people get real messed up they, they, because they're in toxic codependent relationships in different ways and with different groups in their lives, different individuals, and they are enthusiastic, just like you explain about Jesus or about you know, and so they 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 jump right into the lion's den, so to speak, uh, crusader for Christ. And they're not fully delivered of their bondage. And they haven't walked out their path of freedom long enough. They literally are simply uh, <laughs> basically walking in front of the firing squad and getting lit up. And, you know, I, I, I just appreciate the way that you're fleshing this out in your own story, you know. Hopefully, someone that's making stupid decisions because you're very enthusiastic <laughs> about Jesus, you hear Alex and his testimony, and you check yourself and you think, maybe I'm not positioning myself in the best way possible for my witness. Maybe wisdom is shouting in the gates to get my attention <laughs> because <clears throat> when my folly produces the obvious and you know as you're telling your story it's like i know how this ends i know how this ends and it ends that way you know and you know read a book of proverbs folks proverbs chapter one wisdom will laugh when we fall into our folly after she has yelled at the top of her voice to get our attention mm -hmm. it's it's what it says and so um anyway Thank you for being so candid, Alex. That was definitely, that's going to help somebody, I hope. Go ahead. You're welcome. Um, you know, and so right after, um, I tried to work in my relationship with, with, with God a lot this time too as well. Like, keep in mind, though, that no matter what this was happening then, all mm -hmm. through all of this, I was still hitting the floor in the mornings and the nights and every time I could because I just wanted to be close to him 
I knew I found something that I never found anywhere else. And he saved me, you know what I mean? But I was still, man, and having a lot of problems of identity then. That was like my main, my main problem right there. Um, because I believed the lies of the enemy for so long and, and, and what the parts and the demons and the people were saying about me, you know what I mean? And even my own self and all of this, I was actually uh, seeing my actions and believing that that's what I was or who I was. So I worked a lot on that relationship. I went even into like more deeper fasting and seeking God and these, and, that. and I might actually starting to get a lot better in my relationship with God. And the joy of God is starting to hit inside of me, man. And then, like, I started to feel finally, like, my days were so gray and gloomy. Then now I, I started to see, man, the sun coming up. You know what I mean? And, and now I started to have more uh, flavor on life. And, and then I started to do it as well, again, my own business. And I was actually making really good money and, 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 and now I, I was doing it on my own and I was hiring people to work with me. And uh, <clears throat> I met these two guys that I knew, well, one guy I knew from my past, um, uh, but I never really come close to him. So this time I felt like God put him in, in my path so I can um, help some way or whatever. And I knew I, I was getting more wisdom and listening to God because based on my experiences, I was like, okay, so I don't need to get into that environment. I need to start you know, from the outside. Mm. And then, but then he, one day he called me and he was like, Hey Alex, uh, can you come and look at a house? Um, Cause uh, I need, I need to hire someone, another contractor to, to, to do this for me. And I said, okay, I will. So I went over there and, and he was partnered with another guy that I didn't know, but I just met him right then. And he said that he was a Christian, the other guy. And I said, okay, cool. Well, you know what? I have two Christians and one that is not, so, okay, why can, why can, and nothing's going to happen. I'm safe. And then I started talking to God about this and this and that. And he said, okay, well, yeah, be careful and all of this. And I, I was trying to be very careful and trying to have this sermon about the whole situation. I did the house for them and they liked it. And after that, they offered me a job and I said, Hey, uh, well, we're independent. You're independent. Do you want to join companies? and become partners we combine your business my business and we do it all together and then we get more customers and stuff like that and i said let's do it really didn't seek god man about this decision and uh <clears throat> so we started doing business together and at first it was so good you know what i mean and 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 i was i knew that there were one of them because not the christian right I knew that one of them was dealing drugs as well and weapons and all of that, but he was just my business partner. Right. I mean, we're not really, but the other one is a Christian. So I can go wrong. And then I started noticing that the Christian that said that he was a Christian is not really a Christian, but he just said that he believes in Christ, but he's not really a Christian because all of his actions are completely the opposite. And he wasn't getting blah, 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 and all of that. So I'm like, okay, so what, what, what am I standing on right now, God? I said, what is happening? And then I really didn't really hear from God, but I, I noticed still that I was struggling with depression a little bit and, and with identity problems. And uh, drugs came in the table again. 
but it came in a different form. First, because the enemy knew that me being sober-minded, I was not going to fall into it. Then, okay, on Friday, we have this business meeting, and we're going to go to such and such to, for lunch. And uh, so we go, but from, we started, they started drinking some martini margaritas and all of that. So I'm at the table. Hey, there's nothing wrong with drinking. You know, what's up? I mean, it's okay. So I, let me get one. So I get out one. But then that shook me enough, man on my psyche for me to, to, to not have full discernment of what was happening. So one went by, two went by, and three went by. Then they pulled out the drugs. Oh no. And because I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't have fully control of myself. Then I said, okay, let's do it. So I did it. <clears throat> but this time it was a little bit different. Oh, a lot different because all this time that I was not in drugs and I was working in my, in my, in my relationship with God, Dan, even though it was so hard, man, it was so hard. Um, I did the drugs, man. And I started to say, I'm so dumb and stupid. I deserve to be here. And I started to believe this light again. And I said, I'm not going to touch that again, ever again. But then another, and, and I, you know, another meeting comes like, like three weeks after that we're going to go to lunch. And, and I said, nah, I'm just going to, I'm not going to go. But then somehow my car in, ends up somewhere in another job site and I'm being drive, drove around. I'm, these guys are driving me around because we're all driving together with business partners, right? It was so unequally joke, man. You know what I mean? So nearly jokes, like <laughs> nothing to do, darkness and light, nothing to do with each other, colliding, you know? Oh my goodness gracious. So we go to this party and uh, I mean, this, this business meeting afterwards. Right, right, because it's like this, this thin line, or is it a party? Is it a business meeting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't even know what it is anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going to drink. But at this, at this, I mean, at this point, I'm I'm already weak, you know, for the first thing for the the, the last time I did it, and uh, so I really feel the desire of doing it again. So I started drinking, and then it happened again, man. And this time, <clears throat> after work, I didn't went home or anything. I went to their house, so we continue with that, and it got two o'clock at night, and. And I'm still there from in the morning all the way to nighttime. And <clears throat> as I'm doing all this, I started feeling again, all the kingdom of darkness gathering around me and reading me and doing all these things or touching me and lying to me and, 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 and really just doing all kinds of nasty stuff, man, that I, I, didn't even, I didn't even know how deep they were going through all of this, man. And now that I'm walking through this, I haven't seen what, what was actually happening. Um, <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> this voice starting to come up again. You're such a trash and you deserve this and you are a pig. And I said, hold up, hold up. No, I'm not. By this time, I had more knowledge of the world or the word of God. And I said, I am not what I do. 
I am not what I eat. I am not what I say. I am who God says that I am. And even though I am in this filth right now, the word says that I am a king, that I am a priest, that I am a child of God, that I am a special possession, that I am a peculiar people, that I am a chosen one. And I'm not defined for what I do. So yes, I might be right here, but God says that I am all of these things. And in the name of Jesus, I said Yeshua, (laughs) in the name of Yeshua, he's going to get me out of this. And this will be the last time that I will be doing this because it does not fit on who I am. That voice just cracked. Mm. It fell down and all the walls just fell down, Dan. And all the powers and everything that were around me just collided all around me. And then I called. Because my car was still on the job site somewhere. Then I called. Um, it's called an Uber? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I called an Uber. And then I called my pastor. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I said, Pastor, I need to see you. And then uh, he comes. I said, I meet you, whatever, whatever, in this gas station. I said, okay. So the Uber, I told him, go take me over there. And then he takes me over there. And uh, we get there. He takes me to IHOP. And he talks to me. As soon as I got there and I sit right in front of him, this Holy Spirit inside of him started to to share of his healing and power. And I started feeling automatically better and better and better and better. Then the Holy Spirit in me just started flowing. And, and it wasn't then until I completely believed wow. who God was saying that I am when I stopped and that was the end of it. Like never went back to drugs after that. I'm four years already into Christianity. And those were like the two years, first two years of my Christianity. So after that, man, it's just been, then after that, man, I started working even deeper in my relationship with God and, 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 and investing in it and investing, investing, investing and, and seeking the Lord. I, I, I got a lot, I got a lot, a lot of wisdom off of those, you know, places and circumstances and all of that. And, and, and now I get to sit right now in front of you, man, and tell you all of this, you know, after, after all of this <laughs> traveling. But wow. that's, that's when, I, when I started, my, my spiritual life really started to take, to go up and, and to really, really take me to a different levels. The spirit, spirituality and growth and love and, and wisdom and, and, and all of this. And then I finally met my friend, the mutual friend that we have, and uh, and and he was like, I told him my testimony, which he was kind of weird for me to say, but I was like, oh, I don't care. So he was like, I have a friend that knows what you're talking about. And I was like, really? He said, yeah. I said, I want to know him. He said, okay. So he dropped me the name and he talked to you about me as well. Um, and then I said, okay. And I put it kind of like my back in my, my, in my pocket, like, okay, one day, one day. You know what I mean? And here I am, homie. Here we are. And folks, let me tell you, uh, we've done some work. We've bullied some bad guys. 
And I think Alex may just be up to talk about it <laughs> next time. I'll <laughs> <laughs> do it today. Oh my gosh. Alex, I just want to say, you know, this is, it takes a lot of guts to get up here and to talk about, first of all, the fact that you have parts flying back at you from all over the cosmos, all that. <laughs> but even more than that, to actually be very candid about how hard it is to get free from meth. Most people that are hooked on meth never get free. Yeah. That's just a statistic. It's one of the most addictive substances ever. And here you are walking free of two years. And what was it? The identity mm-hmm. that you have in Jesus that finally solidified itself in you that broke it. And I, I just, I, I just love the fact that you were able to bring it back around and, and, and that you're sitting here now sharing all of this with us because I'm laughing about it. You know what I mean? Even come on now. Hard. Yeah. Come on now. And, 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 and for the meth addict, let's listen to this program. There is hope for the cocaine or heroin addict. There is hope. So, Alex, thank you for being an example. You're welcome, Dan, and thank you for, for allowing me to do this, man. So, folks, I actually met Alex in person at the Bride Tribe retreat we had last year. Uh, now, you're probably listening to this podcast thinking, well, I didn't hear about that. No, you did not, not unless you came to the Bride Ministries Church, where we talk about all things relevant to community. We have a Bride Tribe Advance coming up real soon. Um, But if you would like to connect with community stuff with our organization, believe me, it's happening. But you have to plug in to the church side of things, not just the podcast. So uh, uh, anticipation of the upcoming Bride Tribe Advance. I am wearing my official Bride Tribe (laughs) on. and, and, And those of you that are watching this on YouTube, you can see my shirt. And so uh, we're going to have new product this time around. We're all going to be walking home with mugs and shirts and cool things anyway. Alex, thank you. And folks, until next time, God bless. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.